Hey, I'm your host Pete, and welcome to Level 99. This week, I really wanted to get into another popular topic of DevOps. If you've been looking into tech careers or been working in one, then you've heard that term, DevOps. What is DevOps? Well, it's a hybrid of development and operations, a combination of process, philosophies, tools, and culture that gives a team the ability to deliver products, applications, and services at a higher speed. I'm not really sure where I heard this or where exactly I read it. It was a few years ago. I remember that. And the quote was something along the lines of, DevOps is about the culture and process, not about the tools that you can use. Nothing has been more true than that statement. You can't just implement a new tool, then give your employees the title of DevOps, then claim you're doing DevOps. Sadly, you will see this practice often, but it would be your job and your responsibility to kind of shine the light and guide your team back towards those best practices. I'll spill the secret. The first and most important skill to have in DevOps is the ability to automate and understand how to make a process better. That is a critical skill to have and trying to grasp that concept and if you can apply that to any role that you have in DevOps will carry you such a long way. Early in my career when I was still in college, I was able to obtain an internship that I learned a great deal from. My manager at the time would hold us to the best practice of DevOps and I'll admit, at the time, I was just so overwhelmed with everything and stressed because I was so unprepared for that role. Being in that position, I took it as a challenge to learn and get better. You know, I, you know, I said in another episode before that I failed at that position daily. I sucked at it, but that did not discourage me from trying and learning and understanding my mistakes and trying to understand the concept so I can get better. And actually understanding the concept was, as I said, it was challenging, but once you got it, you got it. Like it's cut and paste. You can apply that to almost anything. I remember back then the, the whole team would sit in a corner section of the office that we would call it the pit. So one day my manager walks in into the pit talking about this book that he read, The Phoenix Project by Gene Kim. He was recommending for all of us to read it if we wanted to learn more. You know, and I sat there at first, and I just kind of ignored it. But a week or two goes by, and my curiosity just keeps growing and growing. I was like, all right, let me get this book. I really hope it can help me out. Maybe this can help me understand what DevOps is, because I'm still having a hard time grasping it. So, you know, I bought the book, and let me just say it was such a fantastic read. To this day, it is easy in my top five. I won't ruin the book for you all, but... If you have a single takeaway from this podcast, from this episode, is that you should read The Phoenix Project. I can relate to that book throughout my seven years of working in different companies. I've seen those scenarios each time in the field. Uh, you, you all just have to read it. I, I don't want to ruin it for you all, but trust me, it is an eye-opener. It's a fantastic read. After reading the book, all the pieces started to come together. It all started to make sense to me. The two quotes from the book that still stand out to me today is don't worry, there's no spoilers. The first quote, 
any improvements made anywhere besides the bottlenecks are an illusion. And I love that quote. What this means to me is being in the role of DevOps, you will obviously have your day-to-day tasks. In addition, it is your responsibility to identify what areas are an issue for your team or for the organization as a whole. Even if you implement a new tool or you try to showcase something, it won't matter as you're not solving an issue that is impacting others. Let's start small to break this down. And I'll use a personal example. My previous employer, our team ran and managed a single server edition of Jira Confluence and Bitbucket. These applications were installed and configured in so many ways long before I got there. Tossed around to different teams. Needless to say, we would often discover Easter eggs every time. (laughs) Almost weekly. Something broke? Oh, wow. Here's another Easter egg. Why is this here? And surprise, surprise. No documentation on it either. No, don't miss those days. For Jira and Confluence, our upgrade time, I shit you not, was almost nine hours. And this was still early on when I first started there. So after tons of troubleshooting, reconfiguring, we're able to reduce it down to six. So still three hours reduction is it's a big deal. But if you think about it, you know, re-importing the certs, ensuring that you're not fat fingering the backend SSO configurations, it all took time. Especially the read-write on those on those environments and that on those instances. It just took forever. And sometimes I'll never forget the session, the Linux session would expire. The worst was if you even add in an extra space to a certain config files, that will cause a whole nother issue, not allow the applications to start up, nightmare. But once I learned about automation and specifically a tool called Ansible and how fantastic it is, I'll, I will cover more about Ansible in another episode. I leveraged the tool to automate the whole process and work with my team to ensure that we covered everything. Snapshots of the instance and database, creating a new AMI, updating the AMI for the autoscaler, backing up the local files, grabbing and running an installer, customizing the files and importing the SSL certs, ensuring the app is then started, doing a headless upgrade, the full shebang. What was a huge bottleneck for us was our users not having the application available for them for eight-ish hours and then being then what, six some hours? Down to only being unavailable for 30 minutes. And some of you guys are thinking, wow, from nine hours to six hours to 30 minutes, that doesn't sound right just by a simple automation tool. What these automation tools allowed us to do was try different things, to try different approaches by allowing a tool to take up the tasks of what we would have done manually and ensuring that every task was done flawlessly and exactly the same each time would reduce any essential fat finger issues. But the biggest chunk of time was that the application would take five hours to update due to the fact that we would use a exe installer file. For some reason, the EFS mount would not like it. It would just really slow down the read and write, even though we never figured out why. We had support look at it or the vendor look at it. It was just a mystery. So what we did 
was by using Ansible to grab the tarball, untarring it, make all the changes that we needed to, and it would just do it in a in a in a chronological order. The beauty of it is is that if one step fails, the whole thing fails. So you know if you got it down right, that playbook is working. It's gonna work the next time. It's gonna work the next time. You can replicate it on 20 nodes. It's gonna be the same exact thing over and over again. And it's gonna be a lot faster because there's no way that you can type as fast as a tool or a machine. So by now it being down to only 30 minutes, that was a huge win for us. Not only is it back up and available for our internal customers in a shorter period of time, overall that is eight and a half hours back into my life. Eight and a half hours that I would have lost over the weekend. Eight and a half hours of sleep that I would have lost. There's been many times where because of these upgrades of because these maintenance windows, I was up from, oh man, what, 10, 10 p.m., 11 p.m. until 4 a.m.? That was insanity. By, by 2 a.m., my brain was shut down. It was, it was horrendous. By adopting the DevOps principles and, and learning more about it, it really helped to make sure that those scenarios of late night maintenance doesn't happen again. Click a button, boom, my job is done. I see you guys on a Monday. I'm out. And that's the pain point for, for you guys because a lot of times, and you'll see this a lot, is you will go into a new team or a new company and they're so used to, to a, a certain practice that they don't see the they don't see the low-hanging fruit of things that they can automate to help make their lives better. The more things you automate, the more time you have to do the cool stuff that you always wanted to do. The more time you have back to your, in your schedule, it is a win-winner for everyone. My second favorite quote from this book is, a great team doesn't mean that they had the smartest people. What made those team great is that everyone trusted one another. It can be a powerful thing when that magic dynamic exists. And I love that. That is such a true statement. Having trust is what makes any team work like a well-oiled machine because you need to have your team trust you that you will get certain jobs done. Or if you say, hey, I just need some time to research this, they'll leave you alone and let you do that. And the fact that you will trust them that if you can't solve something, that you can come in come in, and speak up and say, hey, I need help. I can't figure this out. I tried. What do we do now? And rather than getting mad or whatever, everyone comes together, you know, they, they fly the banner, get behind you, and give you the support that you need, or you give the support that they need. It's a two-way street. So if it hasn't been clear by now, a very important step to DevOps or becoming an engineer is to stop reacting to the issue. Having the ability to troubleshoot is a huge skill. The other most important thing for DevOps is having soft skills. It's critical to be able to explain a situation and what you believe is the correct solution. And as we're coming to an end of this episode, I wanna challenge all of you. Whatever you're working on, take a day or maybe just an hour, sit back and identify the tasks that you do that are repetitive, whether it is a weekend maintenance job, or maybe it's deploying a certain code over and over again. Identify those, see how you can automate it, and then move to the next one. And then I guarantee you, as you keep doing that practice, you'll realize, oh, 
that thing I automated that first time, I can go back and make it better. For example, we had a tool that we were supporting at the time was called TFS, Microsoft Team Foundation Server. Hated that thing, it's horrible. If the developers would deploy it too much and beat up the host, the service would go down, it's a whole thing. So then you have to log into the VM, identify the agent, stop, restart the agent, and then send all clear. And, I, and that whole process would take 30 to 40 minutes, log in, let the host boot, so on and so forth. So after a while, I was like, there has to be a better way. I'm sick and tired of doing this. I hate this, I hate this part of my job. I don't wanna, I don't wanna keep logging to these dumb agents and just hit that reboot button. As I was going through this, I was like, I wonder if I can do this through PowerShell. I can just right click it, deploy the script from my local. And that's what I started to do. I started learning a little bit about PowerShell, identified which agent, what service was linked to it. And I wrote a whole script with, a, uh, with loops in it as a check to make sure the instance is up. If it is, then it goes to the next stage to check if the service is up. If it's not, it will stop. And then it will reboot and it will send a notification to me. And that started working flawlessly. So every time I was like, oh, X instance, uh, X uh, server agent is down. Pete, can you go fix it? Like, yeah, sure, I got you. Right click, boom. Yeah, guys, done. And then a few months kept going by and then I started getting annoyed about that. And I was like, oh my God, I have to keep right clicking this stupid thing. I don't wanna do this anymore. So in my frustration, and at the time I was very overwhelmed with this tool called Jenkins. I wouldn't say, I'll take that back. Not overwhelmed, intimidated, because it is a very, can be a very powerful tool, especially if you're not knowing what you're doing. And it just does everything so well. I love that tool. So I started learning more about it, watching some videos, and I didn't want to ask for help yet because I kind of wanted to figure this out on my own. So I started to follow this couple articles I found on Medium and Reddit and YouTube. And as I was clicking through it, and I kept getting lost. I was like, why is nothing adding up? So finally, I took a break, and I, in, in my frustration, I messaged the senior architect on my team. And we called him the professor, and I was like, hey, professor, I need your help. I'm trying to do this. I don't know what's going on. It's not working. He's like, all right, well, share your screen. What, what are you doing wrong? So I showed him the article, and he's like, that's why our, our environment is different. And he set me, helped me set that pipeline up. He was asking me, like, what am I trying to do? What am I trying to accomplish? And I was like, you know, I want this job to run every day because I noticed that every, the pattern was around 10, 30 or 11, as all the developers would roll in and start deploying, that's when the instance would break. So I would schedule the job to run around, I think it was 10 or around noon. Anyways, whatever. So it would go, it would do a huge loop using the, my, my initial script in PowerShell to check if the service is running. If it's not, stop and enable. The amount of notifications and requests when something when they broke those agents was dramatically reduced. It went from almost an everyday thing to almost a never thing. Especially the beauty of it was on, and it would always break on a freaking Saturday or a Sunday, which I hated because I didn't want to wake up and log into that thing and work on a weekend. Now, Jenkins would every day, even Saturday, Sundays, go in check it's broken fix it for me send me an email that hey I, I fixed it beautiful it saved my sanity and if it wasn't for me trying to make it better or make it less hands-on each time I would not have been able to go from me doing it manually to deploying a script on my local 
machine to it being deployed automatically and orchestrated by Jenkins. So things like that is something you all need to consider at your own line of work. What is it that you can automate? What is it that you can do to make your life easier and better? Because that's what essentially DevOps is. Down to the bare bones of it, supposed to save you time, supposed to save the company time. So that's about it for this week. Hopefully you've all learned something new. And if you have enjoyed this episode or the other episodes, feel free to share it out to your friends or post about it. It's going to definitely help the show attract more attention to keep it going. And as always, take care. And until next week.